Yes! I am a big person now! <laughs> Hey, maniacs. Long time no here. Oh, my gosh. It's wow. been too long. Wow. I got to say, COVID, one star, would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I, I'm so grateful that we were vaccinated and boosted because, man, it kicked my butt. Oh, I almost lost 36 hours for this stupid disease. Yeah. You, you sneezed for several days. And then I was like begging for somebody to put me out of my misery for a week. <laughs> but as you can hear, we're getting better. Yeah. We're definitely not uh, feeling the extreme effects that some people have felt. Oh, and, gosh, no. Thank had, goodness for that. We, but I, I do have to say, though, we have uh, three 20-year-olds in the house who all now are uh, uh, snotty-headed, and we're just living in a house of mucus, basically. Yeah. It's, it's really great. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of mucus in the house. <laughs> uh, but we're back, and Welcome we're excited to, mucus to be back. Maniacs. Yes, that's our new show. We're done with Midsummer. Now we're on to Mucus Maniacs, <laughs> where we just talk about snotty people all day long. Wow, Midsummer Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah, and this is a spoiler podcast, so if you have not yet watched Season 21, Episode 4, with bated breath, yes. you should go listen to the spoiler-free mini-episode that we recorded a while back when it first came where, out. Where we ask, is winter... The fittest. Yeah. And that caused him to message me on Twitter. Because, because I you said, said winters. I said winters. Shame, 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 shame. That was a weird mini episode. We didn't really do a watch like a maniac. It was kind of like a 20 minute episode about the show. Starting off with a whole big rant from us about how we had 10,000 downloads. I'm like, well, we get 10,000 downloads a month now. <laughs> Aren't we fancy pants? Uh, we also talked about a lot about uh, different and weird runs there, like zombie runs. And, yeah, because this episode features the Psycho Mud Run. And the uh, Ponce de Leon run, which was fun. We made lots of jokes about that. You have that. to wear pumpkin pants when yeah. you run it. <laughs> but then at the end of the episode, uh, that mini episode, you said you were going to make a Sussex Pond pudding. Which I did. And it was delicious. It's a steamed pudding with a lemon in the middle. But I have to I have to apologize to our dear listeners because we went insane at the end of that mini episode and said we were going to get two weeks ahead. Yeah. We've never been two weeks no, ahead. No, not since then, for sure. Before we dive in, just uh, one little reminder in that we are um, still making uh, a donation to the World Central Kitchen at the end of June. Right now, we have uh, raised just over $200, which we're going to be matching out of our own pocket. So if you have any desire to buy a hat, mug, tote bag, t-shirt, sweatshirt, yep. laptop Let's sleeve, tote bag, see if we can get $500 whatever. for these fine folks. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be super cool. Um, and I just want to update everybody on... Uh, so I sent out the newsletter this week, which was really a 
I'm so thick. I don't know what to put on the newsletter, <laughs> newsletter. Um, really, it was like, it was like the drunk teenager. I love you guys. I just love all you guys. And you guys are so awesome. You're so great. Yeah. But the June schedule is in flux right now. Well, June and July, really the last six episodes, because mm-hmm. this is the end of season 21. But we will be doing a live episode at some point during season 22 over the next six episodes. And you will get more information about uh, uh, Mystery Maniacs. Yes. And we are actually planning on taking some actual time off, time that we don't spend. Wait a minute. I only take vacation time to be sick. Uh, Well, I'm actually thinking we should take some actual vacation time. Plus, I have to go to Canada. You're nuts. So... Well, in the meantime, though, we have with bated breath. Yes, originally broadcast in the UK on the 28th of March, 2021. Actually, that reminds me, the the episode five of season 22 was broadcast in England on Sunday of last week mm-hmm. with the 25th anniversary special that had everybody in it. Aww. No, we haven't seen it yet. Which makes as me sad. As soon as we see it, we'll probably do a mini episode on it. Yeah. But we haven't seen it yet. So that means I think this week coming up, the UK folks will get the last episode of season 22 and the entire world will be caught up. Cool. I hope. Yeah. Just as we finish. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is filmed in July and August 2019 with 4.94 million views. Directed by Jenny Darnell and written by Jeff Provey. And it's in Solomon Gorge. And the pub is the Fisherman's Arms, which is an aptly named pub. And I promise after this moment, I won't say that it's not a freaking lake. It's a pond. You get it out of your system? Yep. Okay. It's all out of my system now because it's not a lake. It's a pond. I love this episode. Yes. It is Looney McToonie to the max. It's yeah. so fun. <laughs> Including this opening scene with the couple goofing around on the dock. Yes. The couple who are never seen again. Never seen again. Never named. But they speak. Oh, wait a minute. She has a name. Oh, that's right. She, Her name is Chelsea. Chelsea has a name. Let me tell you something about Chelsea. She who dresses like a small child in overalls and sweatshirt. Uh, at first watch <laughs> on this again, I was like... Why is he kissing a child? Why is she kissing a child? <laughs> she dresses kind of like Chucky or something. Yes. I don't know what that outfit's about. But Chelsea is played by an, uh, an actress named Chelsea Mather, who is a stunt woman. Oh, okay. That's her job. Okay. She's a stunt woman. A very tiny stunt woman who plays a lot of children. Yes. And she is in this role because she's a stunt woman. (laughs) Because it's so dangerous to be thrown into four feet of water wearing overalls. Okay, I'm going to tell you. What he does here is a dumpable offense. Oh my gosh, I'd be so mad at him. I'm I'm sorry. We we are no longer compatible. Well, uh who jumps into a lake wearing overalls and a sweatshirt, though? Well, yeah. Like, she should not have jumped. No. Well, okay. <laughs> like, because she stands up. Like, there is there is maybe two and a half feet of water in this lake. Okay. We're going to call it a lake. Yep. We're calling it and a lake. And you're not going to correct it anymore. No. Right? 
Are yep. you, are you, do you got it out of your system? Are you good? You can do air quotes with your fingers all you want. I'm getting all my air quotes out. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there wiggling his fingers. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Even lakes have shallow areas. Okay? They do. They do. That's true. Okay. Good. <laughs> are you good? You got it out? You good? No, I just thought it was funny. She's also, she has a credit as a stunt woman in Tom and Jerry. Well, the Tom and Jerry, the new one, has live action bits and animated bits. Oh, okay. Okay. I haven't seen it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) They didn't turn her into an animated character. I was like, how do you do stunts for a cartoon? (laughs) I mean, I guess if they do like motion capture or something, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, that's why she's in it. So so she can jump into the water. And this is so us because I could talk for a half an hour on this opening scene. <laughs> so she stands up in the water and then moves towards the dock because Ahab is coming. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then they pull her up the front of the dock. Yeah. Did you see what's on the side of the dock? A ladder. A ladder. Yeah, but she would have had to get there. And she's wearing like 90 pounds of wet clothes. <laughs> Uh, But a ladder is still the best option. All right, though. If I was Chelsea and you were on the dock and Ahab was coming and you were like, swim over to the ladder. (laughs) But it's like two feet away. Also, I think her name is Josie, not Chelsea. She's credited as Chelsea on IMDb. Um, I would have been like, okay, loser, put your hands out. Haul me up right now. He's still getting dumped. He's (laughs) way getting dumped. I don't think so. I mean- you would, I would, but she seems to be okay with him. I love how they just sit there and look at her. Artie and Ned are putting together, well, Ned's putting together the psycho mud run. Yep. And Artie's just kind of hanging around bothering people. Yes. Um, Let's talk about the title. Do you know where the title is a reference to? Bated Breath? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I'm going to guess, like, when I don't know, I'll guess Shakespeare. Cause it is. Yeah. There's lots of things to reference it to Shakespeare. Of course, the original quote is not B-A-I-T, baited. No. It's B-A-T-E-D. Which is like catching your breath, right? Oh, it's short for abated. Okay. Like ho- holding your breath. Okay. So it's holding your, like uh, when the anticipation is so high that you Hold your forget breath. to breathe. Yeah. It's it's from the Merchant of Venice. Oh, Okay. People holding their breath in excitement or fear as they wait to see what happens next. I tell you who had excitement or fear. Will the toddler woman be eaten by the fish? (gasps) Somebody got a brand new fisheye lens on their camera and they really wanted to use it for this episode. I love the underwater camera. I love the Ahab vision. Ahab vision. Who names a giant fish after a fisherman, though? It makes no sense at all. No, it, it should be Moby Dick. Not Ahab. Well, they're not going to call it Dick. (laughs) Get out of the water. The Dick is coming. (laughs) Dick vision. Dick vision is an entirely (laughs) different thing. We don't have fevers, I swear. The fevers are gone. We're just this slap happy. I get a very Crystal Lake vibe from this lake. It's very Friday the 13th mm-hmm. with the teenagers frolicking on the on the dock and then there's something coming and it has all summer feels for me. I spent many many hours on docks by the water. Mm-hmm. So this psycho mud run and we talked about this in the mini episode. It's an obstacle course. Yes. This one it seems a bit extreme, especially it- the electrocution parts. <laughs> 
Okay. I don't think that's okay. And we'll get when we get to the electrical electrocution part. Mm. They say that they turn the thing up to a level that would harm people. Why is that even a setting? Yeah, the, the knob shouldn't go that far. No. It shouldn't be possible. No. It, so do you want to go over what's on the the uh Well, let's just talk big picture, right? So we've got a psycho mud run and this big fishing tournament happening at the same time, right? On the same lake. Yes. But it's not your standard fishing tournament. It's not like a competition to see who can catch the biggest fish. It's specifically to catch Ahab, who is this legendary giant fish. And there's a 20,000 pound reward for anybody who captures Ahab. Now, how they will know that it's Ahab, I don't know. But so we've got two competing groups of people, right? Yes. The psychos and the lake monster people co-inhabiting and that causes conflict. Yes. And we've got Artie, who is a retired DCI. And then we've got, and he's he's kind of a new person to Solomon Gorge, and the everybody else are like locals or fishermen. No, he can't be new. He he retired there. Okay, but he had a house there ten years ago. Yeah, but maybe it was just his cabin where, that he went to when he was on vacation or something or on the weekend, and then he lives there permanently. I All I know, the, and this do is... Do you a, think he's been retired for 10 years? I don't know. This because is if a, he has, John can't know him because no. John was in... Brighton. Brighton. This is a hint, dear readers. Artie needs a car. Yes. <laughs> if Artie had a car, none of this happens. And we'll explain that at the end. Yes. But, but yeah. So then we have the Fisher people. Right. Right. Which includes the angle shop, angler shop, a couple of different anglers, mm-hmm. angle anglers, fishermen, fisher persons, fisher people, fisher, fish people. <laughs> They're not fish people. <laughs> They're anglers. And then we have a pub in the middle. Pub and inn. Yes. Where everybody's staying. It's not that big. I don't know how everybody's staying there, but apparently everybody's staying there. Who's from out of town. Yes. Yes. Okay. Is, are we are we established now? Yes. Okay. But then there's Lex. Lex is the the crossover. Used to be angler, now psycho mud runner. And ba- Superman villain. Fireman. Lex Luthor. Yes. <laughs> we got the fireman versus the two police people. Yes. <laughs> I I I think Winter and Jade Marie get hung out to dry here. Oh, they that nobody totally else did. shows up from the cop shop. Yeah. And this entire gang of firemen show up. Lex even hands him like a hand-drawn sketch of a fireman standing yes. on his back. <laughs> like Did you see the 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 motto for the fire group? No. Preventing, protecting and responding. Okay. Okay, that's pretty cool. Did you see their their logo? No. He's got a badger on it. Is it on fire? No. Is it wearing a hat? No, he's got three crowns, though. Oh, it should be a badger wearing a fireman helmet. I think so, too. Or a badger driving a fire truck. That would be cool, too. (laughs) Why are these two groups against each other? Competition, friendly competition. No, no, no. The fishermen versus the runners. Because you don't want people slapping around in the water when you're trying to go fishing. Well. It drives the fish away. According to the map. Which is bonkers, and we'll get there. <laughs> the uh, two, uh, the Electric City mm-hmm. section is in the middle of the forest. It's nowhere near the water. Well, clearly it is in the water. <laughs> the map is bad. 
map is just bonkers. Anybody who's ever been fishing knows you don't need somebody slapping around. Like you don't want to go fishing where people are swimming. Yes. So I don't like fishing. So my friends and I used to go fishing when I was a kid. And I would go, I would say, oh, I'll go with you. I'll go swimming. And I would just swim under the boat and scare all the fish away. <laughs> nice. What do you know? Yeah. You didn't catch anything after an hour. Let's go back. I spent a lot of time fishing. As why on earth are we not? Why on earth are we not water skiing? So he, here we see that a, there's a close up of a reel here, mm-hmm. um, and it's the Pen Eight Thousand fishing reel. Yes, yes. I I looked into that reel mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, that looks like a nice reel. Mm-hmm. It's a flip bale reel. Yeah. yeah. So do you know how much how expensive that reel would be? No. Just take a guess. Uh, $100. $144 at Pro Bass Shop. Okay. So then I so was it's like, a nice one. Yes. Well, Because you can buy a reel for like 15, 20 bucks. Yes. So then I was like, I wonder what the most expensive reel is. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, boy. So I wanted to find the most expensive reel that you could buy legitimately. Like walking. <laughs> not, walking not black to, market reels. No, but like <laughs> I'm sure there's. A, That's commonly available. Yes. Okay. The, so the. The most expensive reel at the Bass Pro Shop. Okay. Right. This is a huge chain in the United States. It's a huge chain in the United States. These big outdoor stores, Mm -hmm. right, that have like fish tanks in them to test reels and stuff like that. It is the Shimano Beastmaster 9000A electric reel. Whoa. How much do you think this is? $1,500. It is $1,500. Bing! For a fishing reel yeah baby it has a screen on it. and this is for freshwater fishing it's not for like deep sea fishing no no because that's a completely it, different beast it, it it even i looked at the fresh and saltwater fishing reels mm-hmm. this is the most expensive one at bass pro shops wow yeah it is Stunning. I bet you my dad just drools over it. Got it got three and a half stars out of five. Oh, it's not very like, good. I'm like, wow, people don't like this. <laughs> it seems a little extra. It's got buttons and screens and wow. But I, then I was like, well, what actually is the most expensive reel? <laughs> and I found the Dawa Deden. Marine Power MP3000 electric reel. Well, if you're deep sea fishing, the reel is completely different. Nope, this is not a deep sea fishing reel. Oh, it's Daiwa. Daiwa from Melton International Tackle. How much do you think this baby is? I thought you already told me the most expensive one. No. That was just the most expensive one that Bass Pro Shop Bass sells? Bass Pro Shop. This sure. one is above what they're willing to sell? Yes. $4,000. It is $3,499. Dang. Now, to put that into perspective for you, I did a little figuring. Mm-hmm. So that's like more multiple mortgage payments for people, but I yeah. wanted to put it into more perspective. If I was to purchase a Curly Whirly every single day <laughs> and eat one Curly Whirly for the next, for every day, that would take me... <laughs> To the 3rd of January, 2032. That's a long, that's a lot of curly whirlies that you could get for that reel. For that reel. (laughs) And I'm guessing you'd rather have the curly whirlies. I would have 10 years of curly whirly enjoyment. (laughs) For the same price as that reel. Rather than that reel. (laughs) 
That's and you don't insane. even like fishing. So, yeah. It, it has one review and it's five stars. I have to tell you, though, <laughs> when I got a little bit nostalgic uh, seeing the reel in the episode, because it has a, a there's a, a piece of curved metal that goes over the top. It's called a bale. And when you cast, the bale goes to one side to let the line go out freely. Yeah. And then when you're done casting, you set the bale. It, it clicks over and that stops it from going out and lets you reel it in. Right. Yeah. That's a standard fishing reel nowadays. But, yeah. but when I was a kid, those were the fancy ones. That that was super fancy when I was a kid. Too. The alternative was one that was completely encapsulated in like a um like a almost like a pill shaped yes. thing. And the line and everything was inside. There was no bail. There was just a button. Yeah. And you press the button and that would let the line go out. And my dad wouldn't trust me with a reel that had a bail on it until I was like nine. But the day he handed that to me, because I was like, let me guess, I get the push button with the bobber. So boring. Because the bobber just sits there. Yeah. And you just stare at it. Yes. You don't get to move it or anything. Nope. But when I was about nine, he just handed me a reel that had a bale on it. And it had this little iridescent green worm with a fin on it called a green machine. Nice. And you let it sink to the bottom and then you reeled it in real slow so it skipped along the bottom of the water. So you had something to do all the time. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I am a big person now. <laughs> And I didn't have that feeling again until I was like 35 when he told me my first dirty joke. <laughs> when he didn't tell me to step away when he told my sister a joke. I'm like, I'm an adult now. <laughs> but I remember that bail. It's a big deal. So the other person running in the mud run is Sarah Barnaby. Yes. She's going to do it too. She just hopes to survive. Patty takes off and goes straight to the pub. Yes. That dog's smart. Yeah, he, he is. He's like, I don't want to do this run thing. I'm going to go get a beer. <laughs> so then, of course, John has to follow him into the pub. And this is Izzy Silverman's Fisherman's Arms, right? Where we've got the postcards from her daughter. How long has her daughter been gone? 10 years. That long? Yeah. And in 10 years, she's never called. All nope. she's done is send postcards. Just postcards. <sighs> I'm sorry. I don't think I'd be okay with that. I don't think so either. But I'd also not be okay with saying to Griff, this is our busiest weekend. And him going, cool, I'm taking it off to go fishing. Because <laughs> he's the chef. He's the cook for the whole what? the whole hotel. And he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go fishing. Bye. So Izzy has to bring in like a temporary cook. That's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. And then, of course, we've got Harper and Simone. Harper, who is unemployed, but, you know, he hangs out in the kitchen. Yes. And he's in love with Simone, who is Ned's daughter, who also works at the hotel. Um, he proposes to her, and that's a big embarrassment and everything. But that's basically the cast of characters. Yes. we got the fishermen, the runners, and the townies, and Artie. Yes. I don't know where you put Artie in that bucket. Hanger on, former cop, killer. Yes, basically. Artie's the killer, by the way. Yeah. Though he, he seems to have some magical powers. <laughs> he's fast. He's super fast. He's he's living on a pretty tight timetable, killing people, and then hanging out with John to look innocent all the time. Okay, we'll get there. But first, I need something explained to me. Okay. How do people fish in England? Because there's slingshots in the fishing store. And then there's a guy on the shore that has a slingshot too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why? What's going on? 
What well, are first pegs? Of all, they call them catapults in England, yes. not not slingshots. But I'm going to say slingshot because that's what we call them. And a catapult's something completely different in my head. So there's two purposes for having a slingshot. One is to fling fish bait onto the top of the water. So you put something like dog kibble in there. Okay. And you shoot it out onto the lake, and the fish come to the surface to eat it. Okay. And then you know where they are. Okay. That's what he's doing. Okay. Lately, some new kinds of slingshots for fishing have been developed, which are actually tiny spearfishing rigs. So it's a slingshot crossbow combination. You can get Ahab with a little slingshot crossbow. It's the- got it's got a, a crossbow bolt in it that's tied to a line that's connected to a reel, and you shoot it slingshot style into a fish and then reel them in. It's not very sportsmanlike. No. I don't think so. Well, but what that guy's doing is he's he's baiting the fish. Okay. Especially fish like carp, which there's like a gazillion different kinds of carp, but they like to eat things off the surface, so it gets their attention. Okay. You can also do it to attract ducks. If you want to feed ducks that are out in the water, you can okay. use a slingshot to feed them. Okay. Just seems weird. And they're just fun to shoot. This is also not fishing like the fishing episode where they were on the river. It's not fly fishing. It's not fly fishing. That's completely different. Completely different. That's drift Drift fishing. Yes. This isn't like that. They're using all different kinds of bait and hooks and stuff like that. My, oh my gosh. So my dad is very into fishing, has been my entire life. And I distinctly, I can still smell it. He used to make this catfish bait that was the cheapest canned dog food he can find mixed with like Velveeta cheese. And you had to mix it together with your hands uh, and no. then make little balls of it. And then you put that on the hook. Catfish love this. The stinkier, the better. The grosser it is, the more likely they are to eat it. Oh. It was so nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm out it. Sorry, Dad. Like, I'm out. I would handle maggots every day of the week before I had to mix up another batch of that stuff. And of course, he would say, well, you can go fishing with me if you help me mix up this bait. And then that smell would be in your head forever, forever. If I could smell anything, I'm sure I could smell it. (laughs) This would get past your your congestion. It's that bad. So somebody puts fishing hooks in the the elbow crawl part of the of the obstacle course. Yes. And we find out later that it's Harper. Yes. So Harper is in love with Simone, but her dad doesn't really approve of him because he's an unemployed loser. And he really wants to win the psycho mud run to impress Ned. Yes. To impress his girlfriend's dad. So he puts fish hooks in there? Yes. How is that going to help him win? I think probably he puts them in, there's rows, right? Yeah. I bet you he put them in three quarters of the rows. And so he, he knows where they're not. He knows where they're not. But it's going to get the race canceled or the at race, least paused. Okay, it, the it's race not, would be canceled instantaneously. Yeah. It's not going to help him win. There were people in the pub with fish hooks still in their bodies. Yeah. Like, no. Have and you ever a giant fish hook? Have you ever had a fish hook stuck oh, in you? Oh, absolutely. They hurt so much. I grew up beside a lake. I had it all the time. Yeah. The barbs, so you have to push yep. them through. Oh, they hurt so much. And then Artie says, John, you have to investigate this. And John says, but there are locals. And Artie You're sa- a local, dude. Artie says, but they won't. They won't be around till Monday. Do the police take the weekend off I in guess. Solomon Gorge? Like they uh, don't work weekends? 
And they never show up as far as I'm no. concerned. As far as I know, no. the local plods never show up. No. I love that. And like, okay, what Harper does is assault. Oh, yeah. Like he wouldn't be taken down to the, the Nick and just let go. No. He would be in jail. Yeah. Because like a dozen people got injured. Yeah. Including his dumbass. Apparently he can't put hooks down without getting stuck with them so much. His hands are bleeding. That's how he gets caught. He's got oh, no. bandages on every finger. Like, what are you doing with these hooks that you can't just drop them on the ground and not have them impale you? <laughs> like you're doing it wrong. You're not supposed to hold them at that end, Harper. You hold well, them at the, the other end. The package is tiny. Yeah. But the hooks are, are gigantic. The hooks are gigantic. So they go to the, the, they go to the bait shop to find out who bought the hooks. Yes, Griffin Twig brought the bought the hooks. No, at first they say Mr. Twig. And I didn't remember that Griffin's last name was Twig. Mr. Twig is such a funny name. Yeah, it is. It sounds like something from a Beatrix Potter book. But it's yeah. just Griffin, Mr. Bad Bucket Hat. Mr. Shirk off the biggest weekend of business at the at the hotel. He's a DJ waiting for Manchester to happen. <laughs> <laughs> And he seems so young at first, and then you realize he's he's a bit older than you think he is. He just got really bad responsibility and sense of fashion because you know he was he got divorced and she took him for everything because he cheated. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, but I and think we we meet Blaze here too. But I think my favorite character in the whole episode is is Cornelius Tetbury. Cornelius is awesome. He's so awesome. He's Tweety. He's over technology enabled. He's got his little remote controlled fish camera going on. Yeah. He's got his waders on. What, what I don't understand is this. If you put Cornelius beside Mr. Twig, mm -hmm. they are completely different human beings. Yes. And yet, supposedly, you put the hat on Cornelius and suddenly the old guy's ready to kill him thinking he's Griffin. Well, Cornelius is taller than you think he is. And a bit lankier than you think he is. Um, so, and the hat is so ugly and so signature twig that I think in the dark you would you would think that must be Griffin. I don't know. Because their fishing pegs are right next to each other too. I guess. And by the way, a peg is just the, they actually drive a stake in the ground with a number on it and that's your fishing spot. That's yeah. all they mean by fishing peg. You ask about that. It's your though, assigned fishing spot. Though Cornelius takes his iPad into the water, and I'm like, don't do, do that. <laughs> do. And why wouldn't you control it on screen? Why would you have a remote control and an iPad and a camera? I came close to looking on YouTube for robotic fish cams, and then I was like, no, I don't want my algorithm to be screwed up. Oh, my I gosh. also did not look up fish bloggers. Because that's another deep, dark hole I don't want my algorithm to go down. Oh, I did all of that. Okay. I watched videos about the GoFish, which is a camera that you can attach to your fishing line so you can watch the fish bite your hook. Wow. But my favorite is this new kind of underwater drone. They call it a drone, yeah, but it's remote control. It but it has a VR headset. Oh, nice. So you put the drone in the water, you put the headset on, and when you look right, it turns right. Oh, nice. It has like six little jets on it. Now, they're five grand. Oh, yeah. But. More than that real, man. <laughs> that would be so cool. If you lived on the ocean or on a big lake that oh, you knew yeah. there was stuff in it. 
Like if you were on the Australian coast, you'd be running that thing every day. Oh, it would be so much fun to, to drive that around. But yeah. I don't think I would want to be in a boat with a VR headset on. No. Not a little boat, especially. <laughs> Can you imagine how fast you'd be in the water? No. <laughs> you'd whip your head around and be like, whoa, oh, yeah. and you'd be out of the boat. By the way, 24 minutes into the episode. No, no one's one, dead. No one's even close to being dead. Somebody needs to die. But I, I realized something about Fleur in this episode that I kind of picked up on before, but hadn't quite put my finger on. She's a champion squatter. She is. She loves to squat. She does. <laughs> Every crime scene, she's squatting somewhere in her little paper suit, yeah. which I'm impressed by because she's not a spring chicken. And I know... When I get down like that, just to put the dog in her crate, my knees go snap, crackle, pop when I stand up. So I'm impressed that Fleur can squat and take fingerprints off a corpse and everything else. It is impressive. <laughs> and she's on point here. So Ned goes out in the middle of the night to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. <laughs> Not Ned, Lex. Lex. And the point of meeting is at the Electric City stop. I, I don't know what these are called. These are like challenges. Yeah. The very poorly thought out electrocution pool part of the race. <laughs> so supposedly what this is, though this is contrary to what is on the map, this is a, a shallow bit of water mm -hmm. that has filaments mm -hmm. hanging down that give you minor shocks. Mm -hmm. Now these, I've seen these not in water, but... I've seen these. And one of the things that Fleur says is they must have turned it up to a level that would hurt people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why do they have that level? Like, why is that even possible? Why is it even possible to do that? Well, she says, is this a sport or some kind of S&M outing? Yes. <laughs> I, I think the idea is you're supposed to stay really low in the water so that they can't touch you. I guess. She, she says that... that Somebody's returned it to normal current now. Well, you see the hand turn the knob up. Why is there a knob? <laughs> Why does anybody have access to the knob? And how does old man policeman know to do that? Because he's Ned's friend and he's been watching him set it up. That's why Artie's hanging around. I right? guess. So Lex calls Artie and confesses. Yes. About Lola, right? Ten years ago, we were in a Jeep. We we killed her. We've all been feeling guilty about this all this time. And he's confessing to a policeman. Yeah. That's what he thinks he's doing. Yes. Or like a retired policeman. But actually, Artie is her father. father her right? carless father. Yes. So Artie hears this. Now, Lex is sort of doing the right thing. Kind of? I mean, they did a really wrong thing 10 years ago. Well, And have been doing a really yeah. wrong thing for 10 years by yeah. not admitting it before. Yes. Right? But now, not only is he confessing, but he's shopping everybody who's involved. He's saying Blaze yeah. was in the car and so was Griffith. They were in the car too. Yeah. This is what happened. And Artie, I'm assuming, turned the voltage up before they started talking? Or does he go like, Hold that thought, walks away, fiddles with the knob, comes back and goes, okay, tell me more. Now I'll push you into it. Now I'll shove you into the water so you can get electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just weird. There's and, a weird subplot about matchmaking and somebody asking somebody else to marry him, and like it's it's just it's Harper and Simone. Yeah, yeah. It's just well, and there's the weird Blaze and Ned used to be a thing. Yeah, and then they broke up. Yes, because he didn't want to travel the world with her and her angling career. But also, she had killed somebody the night before, so she has to break up and run away. Guess? I don't really care about that. No. But Blaze is a funny character. She's great. Because she's this woman who's a professional fisherman and has all these sponsorships and runs a video blog and is like, got their selfie stick out all the time. Yep. (laughs) She's... She's an interesting character. It is an attempt to put new media characters in. Yeah. I just wish she was a bit more fun. I wish she was a bit more fun. I wish they didn't signify her with her pink fishing rod. Yeah. It's a a little on the nose. I looked up like the leading professional um, female anglers in the world, and none of them are like all pink and like that. They they have sponsorships and and endorsements all over the place, and they, they don't do it. It's just a good thing. Everybody in this episode is connected to yes. everybody else. Yes. Like Harper used to be a fireman and got fired. Lex yes. fired him, but that doesn't have anything to do with it. And Blaze and Ned used to date and then broke up, but that doesn't have anything no. to do with There's so many red herring relationships that it's almost confusing. Yeah. And the relationship that's not talked about ever. Uh-huh. Is Izzy and Artie. Artie. Like, it's not even mentioned they were a thing. No. And when but they interact. They're obviously a thing enough to have at one to night, create a baby. At least once yeah. they have a thing. And even when they interact, there's no tenderness no. or anything. I mean, he's kind to everybody. And he why actually, isn't he with her? He actually seems like a nice person. I guess I retired early, but now I'm a killer. Yeah. <laughs> so I could start my new career. As a killer. Killer. (laughs) Would Ned have to refund everybody? Because the first day the race gets gets stopped because of the hooks. Then they decide to have it the next day. And the second day, there's a body in Electric City. No. Does Ned have to refund everybody their fees, you think? No, I don't think so, because they probably got the T-shirt. Because usually with runs, you get a T-shirt, right? Yeah. So I bet you they wouldn't have to refund. They're only, I've only, when I was doing races, I only got refunded once because the race was canceled like three months before it was going on. Ah, so even if it like storms that day? Yeah. No refund? No refund. Because you've bought the t-shirt, basically, yeah. is what you've got. Yes. But some of these races have big entry fees. They do. Like, way more than a t-shirt costs. Yeah. But I guess we don't have to worry about it, because then he's dead. Yes. It takes a while for the murders to start, but once they start, oh, they keep it's, going. It's it's on at that point in time. So, so the guy closes the fish shop. Mm-hmm. Freddie. Freddie closes the fish shop, and... And I'm like watching it for details, but then I'm like, oh, there's signs there. <laughs> did you see the signs? I did, but I didn't look closely at well, them because I w- knew you would. <laughs> one was for Cormorant Watch. Cormorant. Cormorant mm-hmm. Watch, which is a whole UK government program. Yeah, they're they're important birds. They are. The next one is very weird, though. It says, Master and Mistress Baiters, stand by your rods. <laughs> is that like, gentlemen, start your engines? 
I don't know, but Mr. Spaders is the weirdest thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life. Is it Mr. and Mistress or Master and Mistress? Master and Mistress oh, Bader. So it's the masturbator joke. It's a masturbator joke, but the Mistress Bader makes it weird. <laughs> and why don't they say, why don't they start with Mistress and Masturbators? Stand by your rods. <laughs> I don't like, know why just, they'd ever put that on the sign weird. ever anyway. It's just weird. <laughs> So he leaves, and then Artie, Ned meets Artie there? The floor says that Ned was killed somewhere else. We never see it. There's there's a lack of flashbacks here because... Because they're impossible. Because Lex or, or Ned would have easily overpowered him, too. Oh, yeah. I can believe that Artie could shove Lex into the water, catch him off guard and shove him into the water. I can believe that. What I can't believe is that Artie kills Ned somewhere other than right in that room in the fishing shop. His best friend. Drags him there. Yep. Somehow in daylight. Yep. Empties an entire barrel of maggots out, puts Ned in the barrel, and then puts all the maggots back in. How does that work? And gets does he none like, of them in his mouth. Does he put them in his pockets or something to hold them? Does he have a backup barrel? There should be an empty barrel sitting there that he put them in or I don't know and how he, he does it. And then he leaves and leaves the door wide open. He closes it, but it's not locked. Yeah. Because then Cornelius comes along and just pushes it open. Yes. Because Freddie is out at his heartbreak shack in the woods. <laughs> Where he goes to be sad. Is that like the murder shack from the last episode? Yeah, but it's just heartbreak shack, right? It's his sad shack. With all his Tupperware on the floor. (laughs) My sister has a she shed and Freddie has a sad shed, which is hard to say. Yes. It's sad shack. Um, with a giant, shot. with a giant uh, a trunk ref- uh, freezer outside, where he keeps bait in Tupperware containers frozen. Yeah, which all gets displaced. That's what you're yep. talking about. Yep. And Griff, so Griff almost catches Ahab. They think it's Ahab. Yeah, his line should have broken. That's what should have happened. Yeah, is his line should have broken. There's this whole thing about you can't have anybody help you. What? It's a tournament. It's a competition. If somebody helps you, they get the share. They get a share of the prize. Okay. Fishing competitions don't work like this. Yes, they do. To oh my get gosh. one fish. Well, okay. Well, there's no there's no bounty competition like okay. that. No. It's biggest fish, most fish, specific species of fish caught yes. in a certain amount of time. Yes. No, nobody has a catch this specific animal competition, but they are pretty strict, really, really strict. But his line should have broken. The fact that his rod gets yanked out of his hand and goes into the pond means now anybody can catch Ahab because unless it manages to get the hook free from its mouth, there's going to be a rod and reel floating above Ahab wherever he is in the lake. It's going to be stuck in him and just going around. If he even exists. Okay, well, then then what did Griffin catch? I don't know. A big fish. You're just not down with, with no. Ahab, are you? No, I'm not. You're no fun at all about Ahab. No. So at the cop shop, there's an interesting scene. Mm-hmm. First of all, Jamie comes in with two files. He puts one on his desk. He takes the other file over to the file cabinet, which has two hanging files in it. Mm-hmm. 
He opens the drawer and looks at it like, well, I guess they didn't do their job here. And then just throws the file in the front of the file cabinet. And closes it. And closes it. Instead of putting it into one of the hanging files. Yes. What do you think about Jade Marie, the local cop who's helping him? I think that they were trying to make more of it there than there was. I don't know what was going on there. Because it's the last episode in the season. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think they were like, do you think we should have Winter have a relationship with this young lady? And then they decided no. Or maybe it was, is Nick Hendricks leaving? Maybe we should have a backup sergeant. That so if he leaves, we've got Jade Marie for next season. Yeah, that's a And then he decided to stay. So yeah, I think because that, it was a good introduction to her. She was yeah, a good character. I think you're probably right. And she didn't want to date him. No. So that meant that she was viable as a sidekick. And a female DS is something the show is needed for. Especially a female DS of color. One season. Yeah. And she's smart. Yeah. She's clearly smart. Absolutely. And she's good at her job. I'll tell you what's not smart. You get a close up of the map here. The, the map of the lake, the, the run map. The run map. And it is bonkers. So I tried to jot down all of the obstacle names that I could see. Yes. And I got. Tubes of Destiny, which is tires. Yes. Mount Agony, yes. which is hill. A hill. And Electric City. Yes. But there's got to be more on the map. What are they? So number one is the track run. Number two. Wait a minute. Track run? Yes. What's that? Uh, where you run on a track. Oh, like a running track? Yes. Okay. Though you seem to only go one way on it. but Okay. Mount Agony is two. Number three is Hay Bale Hill. Four is Tubes of Destiny. Five is Electric City, which is clearly shown in the middle of a forest. Okay. There are woods right up to the edge of the lake. It is easily 200 yards from the lake. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Six is Jungle Climb. Seven is Mud Track 1.0. Eight is Rocky Ride. Nine is Mud Track (laughs) 2.0. Part two. Ten is Psycho Mud Fields. Eleven is Cliffhanger. Twelve is Mud Pits. (laughs) <laughs> 13 is Mountain Climber, 14, The Great Wall, and 15, The Last Leg. Oh, the names get less interesting. Yep. This, Tubes of Destiny is the best one. <laughs> this map this map has a course route, orange spectator route, so it shows you where to walk as a spectator, blue spectator route, an obstacle, that's what they call obstacles, mm-hmm. Where the medical tent is, where the Psycho Mud Run Village is, and where water stations are. That's all the things I would expect to have. Parking, bathrooms. It goes on. Okay. (laughs) How long do you think it takes to do this race? I think it's a three-hour race. They expect you to finish this race somewhere between two and three-quarters hours and three and a half hours. Okay. That's insane. That's a marathon. That's a long time to be muddy. Yes. And you don't get to Electric City till 35 to 45 minutes. When you're good and muddy, you need to be rinsed off. I guess. When you got fish hooks stuck in you, you need the electricity. That's a good thing to happen. There's a whole how to be a spectator at the Psycho Mud Run in Solomon Gorge. It's a a well-planned out thing. Speaking of which, the fishing tournament is a well-marketed thing. If Freddie's supposed to be responsible for it, that side of that truck with the big Ahab thing on it is beautiful. Where's he getting the 20 grand? I'm assuming he's been saving it up. I guess. 
He's in the only sad tackle shack. shop. He's the only tackle shop in town. By the way, um, when we were watching it, rewatching it, I said that Freddie was familiar to me, and I was trying to figure out yeah. where we'd seen that actor recently. Did you figure that out? No. Um, his name is Anurin Bernard, and he was in The Adventurer, The Curse of the Midas Box. Oh, okay. You remember that? Yeah. He plays Mariah Mundy, and um, Michael Sheen and Sam Neill are in that. It's like an adventure, yeah. but he's... He's a teenager in that, yeah. but he has not changed. No. He just no. got bigger and gloomier. Yes. But if you haven't seen The Adventure or The Curse of the Midas Box, it's, it's very fun. fun. It's, it's really fun. It's like uh, I liked Indiana it. Jones. Yeah, I really so, liked it. Yeah. Well, I like Michael Sheen a lot. So that's I like where, Sam Neill. That's where I knew him from. Yeah. So then we have this weird Cornelius and his machines part where he puts on Griffin's hat mm-hmm. and he gets shot by a slingshot. Mm-hmm. Now, across Midsummer, instantly, Artie is now at the Barnabys. Yeah. So Cornelius died at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. So he went to the Barnabys after 9 o'clock for dinner. And bet he's still up. No wonder they offer to let him stay the night. They're eating dinner at like midnight or something. It'd take 15 minutes to get home. And he makes a call on Cornelius's phone at some point yes. to throw off the time of death. Every time they say Cornelius, I think of Fifth Element. Cornelius. Yeah. Yes. Cornelius. He makes a call while he's there with them, I guess, from Cornelius's phone. I guess. Why? I, he is the worst ex-cop criminal ever. No, he's the best. They but, wouldn't have caught him if they hadn't caught him with Blaze in the boat at the end. I guess. The dude can be two places at once. How does he even do that? I want, I didn't have a chance to do this, but I really wish I did. I would like to plot out this entire episode and do where is Artie at every moment. Because when he's not with John, he's killing. Yeah. He's busy. Where were you? Uh, I just went to the bathroom and killed somebody. Killed somebody. And, but now I'm back. Yes. Let's have a beer. I'll stay over. Sure. Put put me up in the guest room. No, wait a minute. I got to slip out a little bit. Kill somebody. I'll be right back. The teddy bears are so creepy. Oh my God. Why does he? Oh, Artie is broken. Why does he send teddy bears? First of all, I realize he's trying to be nice, but he could have just brought them. He knows he's going to see John. Yeah. But he mails them from his house. Yeah. It's very strange. To the Barnabys. Yeah. No, to the police shop. To the cop shop. To the cop shop. Like, you could have just run into John and said, hey, I've got something here for Betty. The whole thing is weird. But I think we're supposed to think it's sweet. I do. I I think so. But it's creepy. It's creepy. So they find the Jeep in the water. Okay. So what Cornelius sees, and how does Artie know this, is he sees the Jeep. Artie knows there's a good chance that Cornelius has seen the Jeep because Artie has a camera. But it doesn't matter because that's not why he gets killed. He gets killed because he's Griffin. Yes. Who helped hide the fact that Lola's dead. Yes. Which is a really good motive. I guess. If they hadn't found the Jeep and hauled it out of the water, this episode is very different. Okay. Like if nobody finds out Lola is dead. Yeah. And these three people are just killed or four people are killed. You have no idea. Before we get to the Jeep, because I have some problems with the Jeep. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about the YouTube channel? So this is Blaze's YouTube channel. 
girl in a buoy's world. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is meant to look like YouTube. It's all situated up. The colors have changed, but everything else is exactly the same. She yeah. has 1.2 million subscribers. By the way, if you haven't liked, subscribed our YouTube <laughs> channel, you should do that. We don't have 1.2 million subscribers. But I thought that was a weird name because obviously it's a play on buoy and boy. Right. Right. So I put that in my search engine mm-hmm. and got a weird thing. You did the Google? Yes. I'm kind of worried about what you found. <laughs> no. I found the set of postcards from 1906. Called Girl in a Buoy's World? Called Girl in a Bo- uh It's, they are girl, what do they say on them? They say girl and a buoy. Okay. So it's supposed to be girl and a boy. It's it's kind of a play on that. But so what they are, are these paintings, because they're not, they're not photos. Right. They're, they're drawings of these old time ocean buoys. Okay. With women with old timey swimming costumes standing on top of them. Like pinup girls? No, 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 no. If if you can come over here and see them. Okay, so we'll post a picture of these yes. so you can see them, but I'll describe them. These are big black ocean buoys that you might see like next to a lighthouse. Yeah, they're giant. They're like 10 feet above the water. Yes. And on the very top of them, on each of them, is a woman standing in basically a full body swimming costume like they used to wear, like the wool swimsuits. And that, she's tiny. And it's she's not like a pinup. No, and she's little, almost like she's a lifeguard on the ocean standing yes. on top of the buoy and it's girl and buoy that's weird so these postcards are from a german guy he originally created them kurt otto teach who was born in 1877 okay mm-hmm. and lived to 1974 wow he saw a lot yeah i can't believe that i was contemporary with this but dude. he liked ladies and buoys <laughs> Actually, where he made his money was, you know, those postcards that have the big letters with the welcome to the name of this place? Yeah, like the big multicolored arced letters. He made those. Oh, he invented that? Yes. Like the Aloha yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's cool. So that got me thinking about the history of postcards. Which are relevant to this episode yes. since Blaze has been sending postcards as Lola. Creepy! And what a way to cover up an accidental death. Yes. Sending postcards for 10 years. Yeah. And it's like a weird grief thing. And like, why would, like. I'm sorry. My kid should have picked up a phone. After 18 months, I would have been like, and I'm done. Yeah. And you can't call? Yeah. So the history of postcards is interesting because it kind of mirrors the history of graphic arts and photography, right? Because at some point in time, photographs get cheap enough that you can send them through the mail. Yeah. Right. And that they don't go back as far as I thought. They're only 1850s. Well, so mail, you know, was standard. It was a big deal. In England, they just had so many, they had like three mail deliveries a day. It was crazy. What always has amazed me about postcards is there's no privacy at all. No, there's no privacy. The message is right on it. And and there's a video, and we'll put it in the show notes, about how people use the same sky. Oh, yeah, that's an amazing video. Yeah. 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 They're super interesting. They're they're especially American. It's a very Western civilization thing. 
Well, they were a very inexpensive keepsake from a trip. Yeah. And it was also a way to brag at people at home that you were traveling. I wish you were here. It was it's evidence that you're somewhere. When was the last time you sent a postcard? Ah, oh, I probably wasn't even 10 years old. I think probably the last time I sent a postcard was from England in 94. Yeah, I was probably. Mine was much older than that. Yeah. So there's a Jeep in the lake with a body in it. It's Lola. So what so, happened 10 so, years ago is that Lex won the fishing tournament. Yes. But not by catching Ahab. No. It was a different kind of it's fishing tournament. It's a different kind of fishing tournament. He won. They went to the next town over because the pub there was better. Yes. Blaze was there. Griffin was there. Yes. Ned was there. Ned was there. They get in the Jeep. Yes. They, they steal Ned's Jeep. Yes. Blaze, Griffin, and Lex. They steal Ned's Jeep and drive it back to no, Solomon's Gorge. No, I think Gorge. Ned was in it, and he said it was stolen. So you think he knew about Lola the whole time? I think he knew about Lola the whole time. Okay. That's why he gets killed. Okay, so he just claims it was stolen. Yes. Okay, I'm with you. So they drive it. Now, they drive through the woods. Okay, you have to explain that they are driving 400 miles an hour. <laughs> Because the damage that is done oh, I know. to the front of the Jeep by a human being. Or Lola was a bigger girl than you think she was. Because <laughs> it's a big dent. It it breaks the radiator. It breaks the radiator. I think the only explanation, and this is horrific, is that they smashed Lola between the car and a tree. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's, that is bad. Bad. So then they freak out. They put Lola in the car with her suitcase and they roll it into the lake. Yes. Because it they can't start it again because it's so damaged. And when they pull it out of the lake, which is, you know, we've seen this before in Midsummer, but it's not a rare, it's not an everyday occurrence. No, it's an impressive crane it's that they use to, they to use haul it up. Crane. But... What's her name from the pub? Izzy. Izzy runs up and touches the evidence all over the place. I'm like, evidence! It's your child. I would do it too. Yeah. I would do it too. So the the suitcase is there. The necklace is there. But there's a necklace right there after being in the water 10 years. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, and Lola's uh, seat belted into the driver's seat, isn't she? Or something like that? In the front seat? Yeah. Wow, it would have been gross. It would have been real nasty. Would have stank. Stank. Meanwhile, Ahab's like, I still got your fishing rod. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Griffin thinks that he was the target when Cornelius was killed. Smart. Which he is. So he goes and confesses to Izzy. Who closes the pub. Thank goodness something actually closes. (laughs) Well, and Izzy... She's she's the red herring at this moment because yeah. she pretends to forgive Griffin and puts him in her office and locks the door. And you're yes. like, oh, maybe Izzy is the killer. Izzy's killing everybody. Office doors don't work, work like that. I don't know. Office doors don't work like that. What do you mean? Because they locked him in. You always have a, a lock on the other side of the door where you can get out. Why would you ever have a lock that only worked from one side? Mm. I don't know. That's a good yeah. question. It's not how doors lock. Well, right? he's locked in and you're like, oh, maybe Izzy's the killer. But yes. no, no. She's just no. like, you're not getting away, dude. Yeah. Which is good because she saves his life. Yes. Because she, Artie looked for him to kill him too. Yeah. Artie would have killed him But he was locked too. up. Harper buys Simone a plane ticket. Yes. Because he loves her. He does. And he wants what's right for her. 
and her getting away is a good thing at this point. In time. Yeah, and the ticket is from Luton to Malta. Is there a airport in Luton? Yes, there is. There is, in fact, an airport in Luton, the London Luton Airport. Okay. Um, and there is uh, an airport in Malta Luca. That's the only airport on Malta. Oh, okay. so it's two real airports. He's okay. buying her a ticket to, but it's one way to Malta. Maybe she didn't want. What if she didn't want to go to Malta? Can I go to Malta? I mean, Malta. They have COVID in Malta. I don't know. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, I guess. Here's a box with a solution in it. There's a funny line here at the cop shop where they go, "Do you have a map?" I'm like, "There's two right behind you." Yeah. <laughs> no, give me that map. But. The bet, I don't know. I, I really like Blaze's character. I think she's interesting. But I, I said she was my favorite. She's really not my favorite. Okay. My favorite character in this episode is Gert, the can chaser. The can chaser. <laughs> Why is Gert in this episode? Because he knows everything. So we call him a can chaser. I don't know if if... It's not a common thing. So Ross Noble, who is a comedian, a British comedian, who you if you've never heard of Ross Noble, oh my gosh, just go YouTube him right now. You have to. He's so funny. He's but incredibly he, funny. He does this routine about watching a drunk, like homeless guy with a can of beer that he's holding out in front of him and he's stumbling forward. So it's like he's chasing his own beer coming one way down the street while a group of Hari Krishnas is coming from the yeah, other direction. It's, it's fantastic. And, and Ross Noble is standing there waiting to see what happens when these two groups meet. It is so funny. He's a fantastic storyteller. But Gert is yes. the village can chaser. He's totally the can chaser. The whole episode, he's like, you got a couple of pounds, you got some money. You got I love how he just says. Jamie to buy him a beer. buy me a beer. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't ask. He just tells people. Winter's like, I'm about to run a race. He's like, cheapskate. <laughs> he's awesome. And then he's sitting in the pub and he's like, buy me a beer. Yeah. Like, why? Why? I'm thirsty. So? <laughs> and I know everything. <laughs> Cause he does. He, he knows. does. He totally he's totally it's <laughs> I, I have it in my notice. Deus act Gert. <laughs> he's like the act of God is yep. Gert. Yeah. Uh, he's like the, um, oh, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't even have said anything. Uh, the the prophetess in, in Greek mythology. Yes. Who, what's her name? The Oracle. The Oracle. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. the Oracle of Solomon Gorge. Yeah. The can chaser Oracle of Solomon Gorge. What if they just went to him first? Oh. <sighs> What if Artie had a car? Okay, so this is the problem. The night that, that Lola, Lola dies. dies, she has had a fight with her mother, mm -hmm. and she goes to her father's house. Yes, which is a cabin in the woods. Yes. And Artie says, you can't stay here. Yeah. You need to go home to your mother. Right. And so in the middle of the night... Lola is going through the woods with, with a suitcase, her, with her suitcase in the dark. And, and her mom... Doesn't know she's on her way back. She yes. doesn't know that she's gone to Artie's. No. She's just left with a suitcase. Yep. So she doesn't know where she's gone. But if Artie had a car, he would have driven, her, driven home. her home. If he does have a car, he's rude. Because Lola was a teenager. And he sent her packing in the dark with a suitcase in the middle of the night through the woods on her own. Didn't call her mom and say, I've sent Lola back home. No. She's on her way. No. No, nothing. He's, why does Artie not have a car? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Or why is he too lazy to offer her a ride home if he does? Yes. If he did, none of this happens. What's that sound? Oh, it's just Artie killing (laughs) (laughs) He's got her in the boat. He's got a big rock in the boat. He's going to go with her, though. She's so not tied up. No. She could get out of it. I love that John is doing his typical, like, de-escalation talking thing. And she's like, hello, do something. I'm going to die. And they're like... But Artie, what happened? And did you give her a necklace? And she's like, excuse me, I'm going to die. Blaze, can you please just be patient? Yes. We're talking. I'm going to die. <laughs> and he throws that rock over. And, and then they totally do that. And now everybody's safe. Yeah. Because we don't need to see Winter and Jade in their full gear underwater untying ropes. Yeah. Did cutting- you notice what was around Blaze? At the very end. A blanket? Yeah, a little shiny blanket like the reference to the first one. Yeah, would have brought you a foil blanket if I'd known. Uh, When Winter and Jade walk towards the camera, they're both wet and they're talking. I had to pause it. I'm like, Winter's fly is open. Oh, it is? And I rewound it and I watched it again. I'm like, his fly is definitely open. And I rewound it again. And then one of the kids came in the room and I'm like, okay, sit down. I wanted to watch, watch this real quick. Watch his crotch. I'm like, mom, <laughs> like watch his crotch. Play it. It's not his fly. It's his button placket. So um, his shirt is untucked. Uh, and it's such a fancy shirt that the underlayer of his button placket of his shirt has like a little ribbon trim on it. Uh, and it's it's separated at the bottom because, of course, there's no button at the very, very bottom. Yeah. And so it it's right at the level of his fly. And there's a silver line there, but it's part of his shirt. This is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious that I made a, a kid come in and and look at an actor's wet crotch to help yep. me decide whether his fly was unzipped or not. Absolutely. He's winter the most crotchy. He's the fittest. Yep. Then we have that awesome conversation between Winter and Barnaby. Are you quitting? No. He's not retiring. I'm looking at the camera now and saying, I'm not retiring. <laughs> Are you listening, audience? There will be another season. Yes. I'm surprised Winter even considers going in after his phone. It's gone. It's trash. Yeah. Why would you even go in after it? He's it's doing trash. great anyway. Unless it was just an excuse for him to, you know, strip down to his undies or something. I guess. That's season 22, baby. But Ahab's coming. Ahab's. Maybe Ahab eats that phone. Ahab's like making calls. Yep. Ring, ring. <laughs> Prank calling. Betty. I guess she didn't like me. Oh, well. There goes my phone. He kind of drops it poorly there. Yeah, the the fumble. Well, and John's trying to take it away from him because he's going to send a text. Yeah. Like John's the expert of texts yeah. and dating. Though he shouldn't text her. No, he shouldn't. Well, he shouldn't have asked her out in the first place. No. They're colleagues. No, they're colleagues. Best corpse. <laughs> nice corpse. Okay. Best corpse. Lex, Ned, or Cornelius? Okay. And I have unrealistic situation with Ned, right? Because Ned is in the bucket of bugs. Mm-hmm. And clearly, he's not in a whole bucket of bugs. They no. have some sort of platform around right. him. Right. It's a thin layer of maggots. Yes. <laughs> we but, have pretty high standards for maggots on this but show. But none of them are in his mouth. <laughs> if they're not in your mouth, they don't count. There might be one in his hair. Yeah. Lex has no hair. No, but he's floating in water. He's got and the CGI zap. He's got zap. the CGI zap going on. And we don't see Cornelius in the... Cornelius is in the cooler. Oh, yeah, we do. We oh, see yeah, him laying in the cooler. True. 
yeah. in the, in the chest Cornelius freezer. Cornelius, probably. I'm going with Cornelius, too, because he looks really uncomfortable. That shack is just not happy. No, it's not. It's a sad shack, I told you. That's it's sad. Freddy's sad shack. He's, he's kind of, like, bent up in yeah. there, and he looks all frosty. And, like, I'm impressed that Ned sits in the barrel for a while. Yeah. Granted, there are no maggots in his mouth. Yes. I'll give you that. But... I, I think Cornelius is best. Yeah, I think Cornelius too. After the credits. Well, Simone's going away. Artie's going away. Maybe Harper will get a job. Jade Marie's going away, but not in a non-fun way. You think Freddie's going to keep the bait shop open? I think so. Is Izzy going away? No, Izzy's going to run the hotel. Yeah, I think so. What about Griffin? Is Griffin going to jail? Yeah. Is Blaze going to jail? I think they might be going to jail. I'm not sure. Even the scene of an accident, at the very least. I mean, they should get in some kind of trouble. They're definitely in trouble. Yeah. But considering that their co-conspirators are dead. Yes. They might kind of get let off the hook a little bit. I meant Simone goes away. Jade Marie, we never see her again. No. Is Harper going to do time for the hooks? No, I don't think he'll do time. Because they're overshadowed by the murders. Yes. So then there's... Damien, who we've not talked about. Oh, we haven't about. even talked about Damien. He's he, Lex's old fishing coach. He's grumpy old man who comes in and does grumpy old man stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's unnecessary. Maybe Gerd will ask him to buy... Buy him a beer? Yeah. He doesn't ask. Maybe. He'll tell him to buy him a beer. They could hang out. Buy me a beer. Gert and Damien go on the road together demanding beer. <laughs> buy me a beer. It's a weird episode. <laughs> Meanwhile... Chelsea and her boyfriend are just soggy somewhere. <laughs> and that... So this big fish. Yeah. Ahab. Yes. What kind of fish do you think he's supposed to be? Some sort of catfish carpy thing. There aren't really that kind of catfish in England. I know. I mean, there are catfish, but... Well, they don't really. actually have lakes in England either, but... There are fish in the ocean that are really big, okay? We're not going to deal with them. We're okay. only talking about freshwater fish. Freshwater fish. Have you ever heard about the the, the Volkswagen-sized catfish that live at the base of dams? No. You've never heard about them? No. Oh, my gosh. So the theory is these catfish... Catfish can get as big as they want. Yeah. As long as they live, they grow. Okay. Right? They don't max out like yes. lobsters. They can live forever, and they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So the theory is they live at the base of these dams where... The, um, the the water is kind of like, um, it's like a natural collecting point for, for crap that floats over the dam. Okay. Um, and they, they eat anything. Yeah. Right? So they get super, super big and nobody catches them because they live at the bottom of the dam. You can't really get near them. So there's this myth that there's these, it's kind of an urban legend that there are these giant fish. I never heard that. Oh, wow. So uh, just a, like two years ago, there was a guy in Virginia who caught a catfish that was 143 pounds. Oh, my gosh. That's an adult. That's an, an adult. adult human catfish. Just last month, somebody in Mississippi caught one that was 131 pounds. Jesus. But there are these catfish in England called, S, called Wells catfish. Okay. They kind of came from Europe. At some point, somebody kind of brought them over, and they're huge. Okay. Uh, There's a guy last year who caught one that was 147 pounds. So Ahab could be one of these fish. Ahab could be a catfish. Yeah. But catfish are bottom feeders. They yeah. don't like to come up no. to the top, right? They're at the very bottom. So there are two fish that he could be. Okay. Since we see him going along the top. He could be a beluga sturgeon. Okay which is a freshwater fish. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, they can live in both freshwater and saltwater. Okay. Which is crazy. 
Are they? Yeah. That's like if you could live in air and nitrogen. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Now is this where beluga caviar is from? Yes. Okay. So beluga sturgeon go in and out of the of salt water to fresh water. They yeah. like migrate like salmon do or whatever. They can get up to twenty feet. Wow. And weigh thirty five hundred pounds. Oh my gosh. And they can be in a pond. Wow. If they choose to be. Like if that pond has a river that connects to the ocean at yeah. some point, a sturgeon could swim in there. Wow. And be in there. That's a giant fish. Then there's alligator gar. Have you ever seen an alligator gar? Aren't they look like pike? Yes. They're like giant pike. Teeth out the wazoo. Yeah. They can get up to 350 pounds, 10 what? feet long. Okay, I'm never going in the water. It again. could totally be an alligator gar. Yeah. Or it could be one of these monstrous um, carp. Yeah. There are these weird mutant carp that can get up to like 300 feet. And again, they eat anything. Okay, 300 pounds, not 300 I'm sorry, feet. 300 pounds, sorry, yeah. They're 300 like, feet of fish is a lot of fish. <laughs> That's Loch Ness. Yeah. No, they can get up to like 300 pounds. Wow. And they're carp, which is what koi and goldfish are, yeah. by the way. They're yeah. carp family. They also can live in a pond that size. Wow. Uh, they caught um, an alligator gar. I forget where it was in England. I didn't put it in my notes. Um, so 350 pounds they can get. Okay, this one wasn't quite that big, but it was in a pond that at its deepest was 15 feet. Wow. So it could easily be one of those. Easily. Easily. And a gar and a surgeon, both of those can take a foot off if they want oh, to. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easy. So Chelsea, Chucky, whatever her name is, overall girl, she did good to get out of the water. She did. Because if it's one of those, you're in trouble. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Wow. So that is With Bated Breath, season 21, episode four, our last episode of season 21. We have six episodes left. Yes. Remember when I said we had nine left and we freaked out? Yes. We now have six left. Six Just episodes. Just season 22, and that's it, people. And then we move on to oh, other mysteries. But it's a good one. The next episode is episode 127, The Wolf Hunter of Little Worthy. Oh, it's a good one. It's now, a good one. I've had the, the file system for this episode set up because I took a screenshot when we watched it originally mm -hmm. and did the mini episode mm -hmm. because there is a, a, it is maybe my favorite Easter egg of oh. all time in this episode. Did we I? mention it in the mini? No. We, oh, so we still have it for a surprise next week. I think we may have made reference to it, but I think we did that mini right where we're like, you should look at this. Yeah. And not, and we didn't tell what it was. Yes. I'm excited. So that'll be fun. Plus, Father Brown's in it. And so is his butt. His butt is in it. His naked butt. Oh, yes. And on that note, <laughs> please. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. Yep. We're on give Instagram, us a review, Twitter, listen. email, all that good stuff. We're uh, on the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn. <laughs> Episode 127. The Wolf Hunter of Little Worthy, season 22, episode one. Yes. The last season. Well, the last season that, that, we'll, be, that we'll be covering right yeah. now. Yeah. But we know season 23 is in production. And when, when season 23 episodes come out, we'll get full Mystery Maniac episodes, which are Midsummer Maniacs episodes. Yeah. 
Yeah. We'll definitely. cover them, of course. We're not going to stop covering Midsummer. No. All right. But we do have exciting things coming. We've, oh, yes. We've got some fun ideas. We're up to it. We're up to it. Up to so. all kinds of craziness. Yes. So, until then, bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs.